Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. Here in the book of Acts. Now, something just by way of review, we have to go back and connect. We were gone for two weeks, and, and I kind of feel like Tasha said, how are you feeling? I said, out of sorts. When you, it's hard to go on vacation because it just messes up life. You long to go, you want to go, but in everything, you don't have certain things scheduled and certain things planned. And even for procrastinators, it's hard. And so you just kind of get out of sync and uh, thank the Lord for his grace and for the presence of his Holy Spirit helps us get right back in the saddle and uh, go on. And so we're going to continue looking at one day at 3 o'clock. And if you feel a little more comfortable, maybe one day at 345 because it's a little bit later in that day that this is happening and uh, we want to review and just connect these dots to say when consecration devotion and addiction happen consecration another word for that devotion another word for that is addiction we need to baptize that term it's often seen as a negative thing but when it comes to jesus isn't it wonderful to be addicted to eternal life to be addicted to the things of God. Now, people will look down their nose and say, you're a religious fanatic. You are a crazy person. Uh, People are addicted to different things. I'm addicted to something which is eternal. It only gets better and better and will continue through all eternity with a continuing joy of the Holy Spirit. Do you think joy is going to end someday? No. Love, joy, and peace, the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to simply intensify. Do you think that revelation of God is going to get tapped out and one day, a billion years into the eternity, we're going to suddenly go, ho-hum, God is so boring. Why why does it have to go on? Oh, no, we're not going to have those problems in eternity. We're going to continually receive fresh download and revelation of the greatness and the goodness of God, and we're going to continue hooping and hollering and enjoying ourselves and enjoying the love and the joy and the peace and the gentleness and the kindness and the meekness and the temperance and so on and so forth, the fruit of the Spirit, it's just going to continue in a luscious and wonderful, luxurious way as he just piles upon us his amazing grace forever. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap? That's something to look forward to right there. Yeah. It leads, so when consecration, devotion, addiction happen in the things of God, it leads to something powerful. And here are the best addictions. Here's the four aspects. Doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. This is something as a church we're going to unpack and we're going to establish as some guardrails and guidelines for our church. And I'm thankful for the Lord just stirring that up in my heart. And he, this is something he's going to make real at Vision Church. Amen amongst us as we fellowship together and connect with what God has for us. Now, an introduction to us as we go on further in the book of Acts, and it's this. Grace events happen as a result of alignment and action. Everybody say grace events. Grace events. I'm hoping I coined a new term and that this goes around the world And you can say, I remember when on August the 1st, 2021, our pastor said that. And now everybody across the world is being translated into 169 different languages. Grace events. Well, I don't really think that. I really don't even hope that. But I hope this is something that becomes contagious amongst us. 
that we can think in these terms. Grace events happen as a result of alignment and action. And we need to take advantage of them. Everybody say advantage. Doesn't that kind of sound? Addiction and advantage. What is it? Words that begin with AD? Or how about advertisement? Maybe we just don't like the letters that begin with ad or ad nauseum. And I could just go on, right? That's a little inside joke. Grace events happen as a result of alignment and action. We need to take advantage of them. Now, I want to issue this disclaimer before we go any further in this story. We have already seen an amazing, astounding miracle occur. And that is a man who has not walked at least for decades. His brain has stopped sending signals. His legs have, and the nerve systems, he needs some major, not only healing, but physical therapy. And this man instantly receives strength and he's seen walking and leaping and praising God. This is an astounding eruption of God's grace that is just amazing and astounding. It is on so many levels an astounding activity. This is a grace event. Now, many of us see that and if we're not careful, here's what we do. Well, that was Peter. That was a long time ago and that was spectacular. So that has just moved me out of the picture. No, I want to generalize it now and I want it to connect to us and it's this. This is a grace event. And whether it is a large, spectacular, larger than life, amazing and astounding event of grace, raising of the dead, or somebody who has not walked being able to walk suddenly, if it's on that scale, or if it's of the smallest scale of encouragement, it is still a grace event. It's a movement of the grace of God into the physical world where God makes himself real, tangible, and expressed through us and into somebody else's life, and they know this. I don't know exactly what happened, but I feel like heaven came down and glory filled my soul. I feel like something has happened. The atmosphere has changed. Something has shifted. Something has moved in me, in a relationship, in a situation, in me in a situation. And it could be something as spectacular as a paralyzed man walking. It could be as simple as a prodigal returning home. It could be as simple as a positive move in a conversation. It could be as simple as the tenderness beginning to come to a formerly hardened heart. And here's what we need to do. We need to be looking for grace events. We need to be expecting. You see, when we align with God, when we come into that place of consecration, dedication, and addiction with him, when we begin to align ourselves with his purposes and his plan, what happens? Grace flows. And when grace flows, it connects to people. When it connects to people, there's a grace event. And when that happens, we need to respond in that moment and take advantage of them. So let's see it unfold before us now in Acts chapter 3. And the first part is now found in verse 11 and 12. While the man held on to Peter and John. Does that sound familiar? What happened when Jesus had grace events occur in his ministry? There were times when people held on to him. What does that tell you? There's an intensity of something which happened, and they realized. 
there was a woman who touched the hem of his garment. You know, after that happened, there started a tradition in Jesus' ministry that he didn't start, that woman started. There were people who said, if she could touch his hem, I could touch his hem. And I appreciate Brother Deke bringing out the idea of that prayer shawl and those wings on there. If I can just touch. So there were other people who said, aha, now I know what happens. If you can just touch the hem of his garment, there's healing. So what, what breaks out? Grace events start happening all over the place because people are willing to believe in the grace of God available for them and then they act upon that by faith and then they begin to reach out and touch Jesus and when it happens, grace events erupt and people are healed, amazing things happen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Now, when the, when the man held on to Peter and John... If you've just had a major grace event, how many of you want to hang on to the person that was just instrumental in that grace event? Is he real? Is this a ghost? This is phenomenal. This is amazing. We can't let this get away. Some of us say we like to capture lightning in a bottle. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. How many of you have been told don't run in church? And you certainly don't run in the temple. But these people, not children, but these adult people are so astonished at a grace event that they forget their manners. And they run in this place called Solomon's Colonnade. Now, it'll be helpful to understand Solomon's Colonnade is the old entrance that Solomon himself used when he moved from the palace through a gate, through Solomon's Colonnade, into the court of men for the time of worship. Don't you know that was an important entry? Now, because everything's been rebuilt, there is no longer a palace attached close to the temple that had belonged to Solomon. That had all been destroyed and been reduced to ashes and rubble. And now people could come themselves through Solomon's colonnade to the temple. Isn't that astounding? That a son of David by the name of Solomon had been instrumental in building that. And now the son of David. Jesus has walked through there. And now the followers, the disciples of Jesus, the son of David are finding themselves in the temple just past 3 o'clock at the time of prayer, and a great grace eruption has happened. And no other place but Solomon's colonnade, people are now joining together. So when Peter saw this, notice that, everybody say saw. This is something that is seeable, something that is visible, something that we need to take note of. So what we need to do is realize, I need to see and realize what's happening. This is not me. This is not my ability. This is beyond me, which means, and it's not the devil, because how many of you know the devil doesn't go around setting people free and encouraging them? Some of us are so afraid we're going to do something that plays into the devil's hands. No, it's more likely that you'll respond by faith and you'll do something that plays into the hands of the Holy Spirit and will mean something that has of eternal value. So when Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Well, the, the rhetorical answer to that is because this is so rare. Jesus himself had walked past this man 
and he was not healed. And now Peter and John has come to this man and he has been raised up to his feet in a powerful grace event. And don't you know that Jesus is seated on the throne at the right hand of the Father with a big smile on his face and said, I told him, greater things will you do because I go to my Father. Don't you know Jesus was just leaning forth and chuckling. He was laughing. I think there was a big belly laugh in heaven that day because here is Peter who has struggled all these many times and he has seen great miracles, but he has struggled with doubt. And now Peter doesn't seem to be caught in the wake of a great grace outbreak. He has awakened. Something has happened to Peter and his eyes are wide open instead of wide shut. And when Peter saw this, he said to them, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Now here's a lesson that we can take away from Peter in any grace event. And that is, there's probably going to be a temptation to somehow take the credit. Humanity struggles with that, don't we? That the little boy that or girl that, that wins the the drawing and gets to push the button at the White House tree lighting, they probably think that they had all the power to make that happen when actually it was a photo op and there was a whole lot more going behind the scenes and they really had very little to do with happening yet. But God allows us to push the button. God allows us to be involved with boots on the ground down in the people's situations and he allows us to present them with gifts of grace that are bigger than us, greater than us, and more amazing than we are, and he allows us plain vanilla believers to walk into that zone where we're willing to stand in the gap and believe God, where we're willing to challenge somebody, and that we're willing to become an agent of delivery, where we get to bring something to somebody. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? So, here's the first point. God's grace events have a way of focusing attention. How many of you believe God wants to get people's attention? He really does. His number one desire is to make himself known, is to reveal himself, to overcome all the PR and all the con jobs that the enemy has put out there that says that God is mean and nasty and narrow-minded and he doesn't have a plan for everyone, that he is looking for ways to destroy people and make them miserable rather than the truth which Jesus proclaimed, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly does that sound anything like the typical picture that people have in their minds these people though they're jews they don't have a very good picture in their mind in their brain is not a very good picture of what god is willing and certainly able to do but what he is willing to do and suddenly when grace happens it has a way of focusing attention now, some of us feel self-conscious when we get some attention thrown our way. On the one hand, we love to get attention, but on the other hand, we don't know what to do when it comes. Peter seizes that moment, and he immediately defers the glory to God rather than himself. And he goes on and said, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. So as Peter 
a glory hog? No. Is he interested in getting the glory himself? No, he instantly and immediately defers the glory to his servant, Jesus. Isn't that an amazing expression? His servant, Jesus. And then he goes and tells them some bad news. Does he have their attention? Yes. Has he deflected the glory from himself? Yes. But what does he do? He doesn't abandon truth. Now, how many of you always wondered how to share the truth in love? One way is that you give a gift. So what does the Lord enable the disciples to do? Give a big gift of grace. Here's a big grace event. Now, how many of you at that moment in time just want everything to be light, airy, and moving right along? Can we have cake? Can we have a reception? But listen to what Jesus is doing because he has observed Jesus in his ministry. And what does Jesus do? He teaches and preaches repentance. When does he do it? After he heals, delivers, sets free, and raises from the dead. So he does this powerful grace event, and then listen to what Peter says. Some of you want to be the PR coach for Peter and say, no, no, Peter, this is not what you follow up a grace event with. He's done good. I'm not going to take the credit for this. I'm going to give the glory to God I'm going to point to Jesus, and then listen to this. He says, you handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. What is this? This is truth therapy. Now, what does the world need more than anything? Truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And we can't pull the truth away from Jesus. Jesus is truth. He has declared that. Jesus is love. Jesus is truth. And so he hits them, his fellow Jews, right between the eyes. He seizes this moment when their ears are open, their eyes are open. They have just seen this grace event. And he says, though he decided to let him go, you disowned the holy and righteous one. Peter, you're rubbing salt into the wound. What are you doing? And ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. Aren't you glad it doesn't stop there? Is that bad news or what? Peter, in truth, lays out the backdrop of blackness. This is what you have done. This is exactly the truth of the matter. We have done this in the name of Jesus. But this is what you have done with Jesus. He's the servant of the Almighty God. We don't look at us. It's his fault. It's in his name that we've done this. And you have done all this, but... And you might want to take that and circle that and underline that. Here, here's where the light of dawn begins to come into this blackness. But God, aren't you glad for that phrase? But God. Boy, you can put about anything in front of that. Kind of, oh, well, we were in despair. We were lost. But God. We had all sinned and were lost in our sinfulness. But God. We had no power and no resources. But God. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. All of us, and all we need in our law is two or three. All we need is two or three, and a man can lose his life in violation of the law. Two or three. We are 12, or at least 11. 
There were others that were eyewitnesses, and they were elected later. There were more than 12 because we know that the ladies had gone to the tomb, and so they had men and women, all of them the Jewish witnesses, eyewitnesses. He says, we are witnesses of this, not only of the blackness and the darkness of what you've done, but God. What God has done, he raised him from the dead. And by faith in the name of Jesus, not faith in the name of Peter, but by faith in the name of Jesus. Why does he say this? Because by grace are you saved and that through faith. This activity of faith is amazing. It's astounding. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But if you believe, Jesus said nothing will be impossible to him who believes. What's Peter doing? He's saying, don't trust me. Trust Jesus. Don't look to me. Look to Jesus. And here's what you've done with him. But despite what you've done with him, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. Wow. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. I love this. As you all can see. What happens when grace comes on the scene? Something physical, observable transforms within somebody's life and they can say it used to be this way but now it's this way and what's that classic song says it says i once was blind but now i see it paints the picture of the darkness the lostness the despair the hopelessness and then having set that truthful picture there what does that great powerful song amazing grace tell us but god i once was but now am This situation was paralyzed, but now he is able to walk and leap and praise God. And it's undeniable because you can see it. Let's let that get down into our heart here at Vision Church or anywhere we are on YouTube or or Facebook, anywhere around this world. It doesn't matter the language you speak or the culture in which you live. There's this cold, hard, wonderful reality. And that is this irreducible fact that if we trust him, believe him, align with him, cooperate with him, line up with him, addict ourselves to him, then it brings us into a place where we're prepared for a grace event. And in that grace event, something tangible and real occurs which transforms a human life. And they can point back to a time and to a date and a situation and say it used to be, but now is. Would you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? (coughs) I love that. You can see it. So the truth must be spoken in love at just the right time. Everybody say truth. In love, everybody say love. See, the truth must be spoken in love at just the right time to to effect a release or change into grace. What happened in that man's life? Faith, grace, transformation in his life. Now what does Peter want to see? He wants to leverage that explosion of grace. And that's an explosion, isn't it? That's powerful. That got everybody's attention and had people running in the temple. What does he want to do? He wants to leverage that 
into the hearts and lives of the people who are coming running. There is something that needs to happen. They are people who are in darkness, even though they're Jewish. They are in darkness, even though they know the entire Old Testament. They are in darkness. They have rejected. They have been part of the crowd that has said, let his blood be upon us and upon our children and our children's children. In direct contradiction to the blessings that had been spoken over them for over a millennia. And it spoke a blessing over them that his blessings and his face would be upon them and cause them to prosper from generation to generation and their children and their children's children. What a horrible situation. But truth must be spoken in love at just the right time to effect a release or change into grace. We need to be somebody who knows how to say, seize a grace event, don't we? We need to notice it, and at that time, as I read that, and as I see that, as I've let this soak into my spirit, I say, Lord, sensitize me. Lord, help me, because I miss stuff. I'm the guy that's looking out that window when Sasquatch is looking at me from that window. I'm the guy that's looking over there when the shot happens over here. And I want to be somebody that has my eyes focused in and trained in where God is at work and where grace is exploding so that I can connect to that and see other people changed by his grace. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance. Have you ever acted in ignorance? How about every day? Half the day? There's all kinds of times that we put our foot in our mouth. Lord, let my words be tender, lest I have to eat them. I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. When you read the account of what they did, it doesn't sound very much like ignorance, but what did Jesus say from the cross? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. And then he moves it right into the message that Jesus picked up from John the Baptist and continued through all his days of ministry. Repent then, and turn to God. Isn't this a great message? So that your sins may be wiped out. I'm saying the message of this passage, some of you are getting nervous, you're saying, you're looking for self-affirmation. Isn't this a great message? No, 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 no. No, this message that Peter's preaching. Repent then, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. How's that? talk about dealing with sin we're not talking about forwarding it for one more year under the sacrifice lamb we're talking about wiped out oh i'm sorry that's that's the song wipe out the times of refreshing may come from the lord and that he may send the messiah who has been appointed for you even jesus repentance and restoration you see you have to get repentance before you get restoration and to get repentance there has to be confrontation with truth hello is it any wonder that the enemy has people so paranoid about the truth because jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free there is such a battle today. It's in social media. It's in the news media. They're even getting organizing legal actions all over contending what is truth. 
It's confusing. It's distressing. We hardly don't know which way to turn. I have great news for you. Jesus is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You can know him. He is a person. And when you know the truth, it always, always, always brings freedom. It will always be the main point of grace events. When God moves, when his grace is shown, it's an opportunity to take hold of that and lead somebody to the truth because then they can come to repentance and then what happens? Restoration. Wow. And how many of you know God can really renew and restore? So he goes on and says this, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything. How many of you are ready for Jesus to rule the planet? <laughs> Doesn't it look like it's about time he should come back, clean up this mess? Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. That's a big grace event. But by that token, by a comparison to that, the transformation of one life seems like a small grace event. But it's kind of like minor surgery. Minor surgery is any surgery anyone else has. Major surgery is anything including toenail repair that I have. Heaven must receive until the time comes for God to restore everything. Major grace event as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Now, we like to read, you must listen to at least 50% of what he tells you. But that's not what he says. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him, who's the him? Jesus, the Christ of God, will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, who? Jesus. He sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways mm. in god good that he would come and confront us in our wicked ways grace events are needed because even the most devout are affected by wickedness everybody say that word wickedness when even saying that word you want to go home and take a shower don't you it's like ooh, wicked i don't want to be wicked now the a, a generation came along and everything was wicked Instead of saying awesome, they said wicked. What is the idea of wickedness? It's the idea of things that are twisted together. And very often, truth and error are twisted together. Well, I'm mostly good. Well, here's the problem with the other part. There's still some stuff twisted into your life that has an effect of twisting you away from the Lord. There's something unequal about this yoke in your life and the things that you're affiliating yourself with. And here's the fact. Grace events are needed to deal with wickedness. Grace events are needed because even the most devout amongst us are affected by wickedness. And what's the answer for it? Repentance. And then what? Restoration and refreshing. 
How about the joy of the Lord? As, as Pastor Brian sang about this morning. So here's the question. As the, the music team comes back to lead us in worship and we have a chance to respond to this message. How can we set the stage for grace? How can we, here at Vision Church, set the stage for grace? How can I, let's personalize that away from the plural, how can I set the stage for grace? How can we consecrate ourselves, dedicate ourselves, addict ourselves, align ourselves so that the stage is set for a grace event? How can we speak the truth in love boldly? That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for every one of us because we feel the pressure against that. That's unkind. That's not nice. What does Peter do? He takes a grace event, gives the credit to Jesus, and then preaches a message that's going to make him the least popular person in the temple. You blew it. But, God, how can we speak the truth in love boldly? And then this question. Where do we, where do I need a grace event? Where do we, where do I need a grace event is God willing to do a grace event absolutely all the time 24 7 where are we willing to make a place right outside the temple on the way to prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon it almost seems like an interruption to what we're trying to do in life and here sets something that turns into a grace event that then perpetuates into another grace event where thousands come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That was the one miracle that leveraged thousands coming in faith to Christ. Where do I need a grace event? Where do we need a grace event? Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. If you'd like to respond and come to the front and pray, if you'd like special prayer, I can linger up here. I'll turn off my mic so you don't feel like I'm praying over you in front of God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Lord, we exalt you, we magnify you, we worship you. You are great, you are magnificent, you are high and lifted up, you are able to do above and beyond all we can ask or think. You will provide our needs according to your riches and glory. Yet, Lord, we see some poor beggars at the gate and we see people who are in darkness and we see people who have steeled their heart against truth. We see some of the situations and predicaments and circumstances in our life. And we say, a grace event there? Yeah, Solomon's colonnade outside the beautiful gate. Something that causes people to run. Lord, our heart here at Vision Church, our heart collectively, that there will be grace events in Vision Church. Lake Worth needs some grace events. Lord, there are some places where we work and places that we play and people that we fellowship with and they need some grace events. It's not about us, it's about you. It's about faith. And so we ask, Lord, that you would stir by the, by the work of your Holy Spirit a refreshing 
we just give you permission. We ask you, Lord, to stir our faith. Let it become hot and passionate once again. Let us believe you can do anything. Let us be people not only of faithfulness, but of people who are quickly willing to believe that you can do anything. And that we begin to experience grace events and not overlook them. And begin to respond to them. And begin to connect people to a truth spoken in love. A place of repentance that brings about restoration. A marvelous and amazing grace event. Lord, we need that here at Vision Church. We need that here in Lake Worth. We need that in our homes. We need that in our jobs. Grace events. Position us. Draw us close. Call us into that fasting and praying and separating ourselves and focusing upon that. Becoming addicted to your grace and calling and reaching out by faith. You can do this, Lord, in our life. You can do anything. We make ourselves available we ask for that faith to rise and for grace to be released in our lives and we pray it in Jesus name and now may the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you as you go forth and go forth with eyes freshly attuned to see grace events and a heart ready to respond in faith and seize that moment for the glory and the honor of Jesus Lord bless you have a great week